second hour of the show is underway. How's everybody doing across the DMV today? Hopefully doing well. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 on your AM FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app and on our stream, thefandc.com, theteam980.com. However you've got us tuned in, we appreciate you hanging out with us for just a little bit. I'm Danny Noakes, Linnell Willingham here producing the show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line and well, if you want to get on the horn and talk about the commander's latest pick, now would be the time. You can send us a tweet at Danny Noakes. You could tweet the station at 1067 the fan. You could also tweet Team 980 as well. Round five, pick 144 for the commanders is none other than the starting quarterback for the North Carolina Tar Heels, Sam Howell. The commanders do take a quarterback here in the 2022 NFL Draft. And it is the Tar Heel, Sam Howell, who was a lock to be a first-round pick before the 2021 season started. He actually probably played himself out of some pretty favorable draft positions. Not that he had a bad season in 2021, but the Tar Heels of North Carolina had a disappointing year, to say the least, finishing with three losses in a row to end their season. Howell, 217 to 347 for a 62 and a half completion percentage in his final year. 24 touchdowns to nine interceptions, just over 3,000 yards. So his production came way down, but it's always important to note, especially when it comes to a particular example like this. Sam Howell had a lot of weapons to throw to in 2020. 2020 Obviously, 2021 and 2022 was the past season, but a lot of those guys left. They moved on to the NFL, Deami Brown being one of them. He's here already in D.C., and they just didn't quite have the same production. But this is interesting. This is fascinating. The commanders now on their roster are going to have Carson Wentz, the guy that they traded quite a bit for in terms of both draft capital and, you know, they've got that big contract of his. But they can get out of it. They can opt out of it after a year with little to no penalty. And now with a quarterback in Sam Howell, a rookie quarterback coming into the building, he'll be in the quarterback's room. An absolutely fascinating pick by the commanders. It's a shame that it happened right after we got the chance to talk to our guy, Big Doug, Big Douglas Show. Thanks so much to him for joining us just a segment ago patient with our technical issues that we appear to have resolved at this point but we are going to have the chance to talk about this pick with the rooster chris russell co-host of russell and medhurst over on the team 980 weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m rooster is in ashburn right now and the commanders are going to have another pick here in just a couple of picks as well to follow up the sam howell selection but how are we feeling 800-636-1067 the commanders take sam howell I, you know, I was talking to Linnell about the slide of Malik Willis down the draft board in, in the first part of the show. And, and in the first round, we obviously only saw one quarterback get selected. So I'm, you know, really curious to see what happens now that Sam Howe is, is a member of the commanders. Linnell, I, I asked you about Malik Willis in the first segment and, and I didn't really get the chance to hear you. So, um, let me get your thoughts on on the quarterback's draft, the quarterback's class here, starting with Willis, and then we'll move into Sam Howell. Yeah, I'm I'm emotional right now. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel. I don't. Because all offseason, well, since they've acquired Carson Wentz, they've talked about the need 
to put weapons around him. And there's a lot of good good offensive skill players still on the board. There's a lot of good corners still on the board. Mm-hmm. But I guess Sam Howell was just too intriguing of a prospect for them to pass on. I I, I don't know. I'm 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 you caught me. I'm a little speechless right now because I'm like I, I can't believe they actually did it. And I saw everyone clamoring for it because the talent's there, you know, with Sam Howell, clearly. But mm-hmm. you have other needs. You don't need they a quarterback. Do. You have they two. Do. It's a very good point, and and I understand the uh, <laughs> the 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 inability to put this into words right now because it it is quite shocking. You know, at, at this point in the draft, you would have figured, considering that they've already traded for Carson Wentz a couple of months ago, and seemingly are ready to kind of anoint him the the next starting quarterback, and with a contract that big, it would be quite a waste to have him sitting on the bench at any point this year. It it is quite surprising to see the Commanders take a quarterback here because again. You've got Wentz, but if if Howell is, you don't, I guess it's more of a, an insurance policy, but that's, man, I, it's it's really interesting when you consider the fact, like Linnell said, they've got so many other needs. They need some help outside of the safety position in the defensive backfield. They could use another cornerback, you know, in the first round, we were thinking that they might go with the corner or, or, or Hamilton to, to kind of play the Buffalo nickel position or something like that. They still need some help at linebacker as well. So they're going to pick again here in, in just a couple of, in, in a couple of picks and all the, the breakdowns are coming here. 92 touchdowns, 23 picks in three years as the starter at North Carolina, 800 rush yards. So you, you did get good value out of him, but the question also has to remain well, why did he slide so far down? Why were so many teams willing to pass on him? You know, I, I think as a as physically as a prospect, he's fine. Really, when it when it comes to someone like Sam Howell with his skill set, I think the system that he goes into will have a lot to do with how much success that he actually has. So this just com- it doesn't complete, but it adds another interesting name to the list of guys that the commanders have selected so far. You had Jahan Dotson, Fedarian Mathis, Brian Robinson Jr., and now Percy Butler out of Louisiana was the first selection they made today. That was back in the fourth round before taking Sam Howell, the quarterback out of North Carolina. Just absolutely fascinating. I, I man, I it's gonna be a competitive training room or quarterback room that is when we move towards training camp because Carson Wentz is a guy too that at least what we've heard and you know this is this is hearsay but a lot of times doesn't necessarily appreciate being coached particularly hard that's just something that we've heard come out of of some of the places that he's been you wonder too if you wonder if the additional pressure of having to play or having to try and hold on to a job over a rookie is is going to do anything to, for Wentz's confidence either negatively or positively. Maybe it lights fire under him. We don't know. Now let's go to the phones. The MGM National Harbor listener line. Matt is in Bethesda. He's calling in to give us his thoughts. Matt, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. What's happening? Hey, thanks for having me on. Listen, I I think it's a good move. You down in the fifth round here, so it's one thing if you're in the second, third. Fifth round, take a flyer on the most important position on the field. Um, you know, Wentz has to be tough enough to have a 
fifth-round quarterback pick anyway. He's got mm-hmm. all sorts of pressure. So if that pushes him over the edge, then it's not worthwhile anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much you guys all watched Wentz, but he's been quite shaky the past few years. Hope he comes out of it. But absolutely get the insurance policy, most important position on the field. Um, so I'm thumbs up for me. Okay, Matt, thank you for the call. That's good stuff. Matt in Bethesda calling in. Yeah, and you know, when it comes to the competition aspect of this, NFL quarterbacks certainly have to be prepared for having somebody coming in behind them. We, we've seen guys like Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, not necessarily handle that in a particularly good way. But those are also a couple of guys that have won Super Bowls, well-established within, uh, within their cities. But a fifth round... J.P. Finley tweeted it out, and Madden Bethesda just said it as well. There's good value in, in taking a quarterback right there the fifth round. So let's go back to the phones. Dave is in rest, and Dave, thanks for the call. How's it going today? Hey, man, good. Man, I'm so geeked they took Howell. A lot of people actually had him as number one or number two on their boards. I mean, I, I know not the overwhelming consensus, but a lot of people did. He's got the best deep ball, maybe missing a little bit of the uh, accuracy. But, man, if, if Wentz can't handle – you know, that was a big concern. If, if Wentz can't handle the pressure of competition or whatever, or, or if this gets in his head, then we don't want him anyways. Now, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have taken Howell or, or any other qu- quarterback um, before the third, but at the top of the fifth, I mean, the value is just too much. It probably wasn't even their plan, but if you're at the top of the fifth and he's still sitting there, you got to make this pick. I'm very, very happy. Thanks, Dave, that's a really good point. And, and again, I think a lot of people are going to have the, the same sort of opinion. Appreciate you calling in. If he's there and, and he's the type of guy where if you, you get this far in the draft and he was probably sitting closer to the top of the commander's board, yeah, you go ahead and take him. I, I hate to use the term insurance policy because he's a, he's a rookie quarterback, and I think they feel as though he could come in and be the starting quarterback, the franchise quarterback someday. But with Wentz there and, and the big contract that, that he commands, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, with, with what he brings over here to, to D.C., then you know you can let him go after this year if you don't like what you see, and then it's the Sam Howell show. All right, Mike is now on the line. Mike is calling in. What's going on, Mike? Hey, thanks for taking my call, boss. Um, yes, sir. I, I I really like this pick, and I'll tell you why. I think I think Rivera, being in Washington, has realized that he doesn't have a steady quarterback like Cam back in Carolina. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe we're cursed or something, but we we just can't keep a quarterback for three straight years or even two. You know what I mean? So I think I, picking up uh, Sam in the fifth round is a beautiful pick for sure. Thank you. Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mike, we appreciate it. 800-636-1067. We're keeping the phone lines open. That's the uh, MGM National Harbor listener line. Hit us up. 800-636-1067. What do you think of the commanders taking Sam Howell in the fifth round, 144th overall? Played in an Orange Bowl a couple of seasons ago. Played in an ACC championship. Had the chance to watch actually a lot of his film. A lot of of North Carolina Tar Heels games because – you know, being a Virginia Tech alum and watching those two teams play against one another, compete in the ACC Coastal every single year. Sam Howell was a guy that commanded a lot of attention, a lot of respect, and someone that you would have to game plan around. And Virginia Tech being known for its defense, he was always a focal point of that offense. But 2020 was his best year. You saw the Tar Heels really kind of pop off the offense 
was very good. He had a lot of weapons around him, though. And so, again, those guys leaving after the 2020 season had a lot to do with why his stats dropped off a, a good bit there for the 2021 season, the, the season that just passed. I'm fascinated by the decision, but I think it's a good one, right? He's sitting there at the, in the fifth round. You go ahead and take it because if, if things don't work out with Wentz, then you're going to be in a decent, a, a, a pretty tough spot. You're basically going to be back at square one. The other thing that needs to be said, though, about all of this is I think a lot of teams are holding out for next year's draft. There's been a lot of talk that the 2023 NFL quarterback draft class is actually much stronger than this year's. So that's something to also consider. A lot of teams might just be holding out. Again, only one quarterback taken all the way back in the first round that was where a lot of people had Sam Howell going before maybe a month or so ago. And and maybe he wasn't shooting up draft boards like Malik Willis was. But at the same time, he's a guy that was a starter for three years. He's definitely played more than the average quarterback that comes into the National Football League. That, to me, means something. And I think he's going to come in. For him, there's going to be a lot less pressure. You know he's not going to be expecting to start himself because Carson Wentz is likely going to be the starting quarterback here unless something changes. But he can push him. He can push Wentz, and he can also use this time to improve when he's not the starting quarterback. And and maybe in a year or so, maybe it doesn't even take that long. If, if he starts to impress the coaches in, in practice, maybe he does become the starting quarterback if, if Carson Wentz isn't playing that well. But it could also create a little bit of a mess. The, the, the good news is, by drafting him, you give yourself more chances to hit on this quarterback position. Because if Wentz works out, great. Then you can either hang on to, to, to Howell, or you can, you can ultimately ship him off at some point. But I, I think with the value that you get from him, uh, a, a three-year starter, a veteran, and the, at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field, I think overall it's it's a good one. It is surprising, though. I will say it is it is a good bit surprising. And Deami Brown tweeted out an expletive that I'm not going to repeat over the year, but he is fired up to have his former teammate Sam Howe coming to Washington, D.C. Sam Howe, the latest member of the Washington Commanders. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. We can take more of your calls coming up next. 800-636-1067. Chris Russell, the Rooster, is going to join us at 2.30. So this segment upcoming, another chance to take some calls. 800-636-1067. We're broadcasting live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980, and we'll be right back. Well, it seemed like coming into this draft, the Commanders had 99 problems, and now the quarterback position ain't one, I guess. <laughs> Sam Howell, <laughs> the selection for the Commanders in the fifth round. We have another selection here in the fifth round by the Commanders as well. Cole Turner out of Nevada, the tight end, also coming to D.C. Danny Noakes here hosting the show. We're with you up until 3.35 p.m. Linnell Willingham also producing the show back in D.C. Appreciate all of his hard work today. And Linnell, I want to bring you in here. I want to get your thoughts. You're definitely intrigued by the Sam Howell pick, but even more so maybe by this Cole Turner pick, the big tight end out of Nevada. I think whoever's throwing him passes, whether it's Wentz or Howell, is going to be very happy to have such a big target to try and hit with a pass. Yeah, man, you mentioned it. Big target. They've got Nicky Javala says he's listed as 6'7", 249. Mm -hmm. I, I saw, saw him listed at 6'6", but 
regardless, huge target. And everyone was mentioning, you know, when we brought in Carson Wentz, that he does, you know, much better with bigger receivers. But this kid's huge. Dan. Yes. You know, big red zone guy. I mean, he does a lot. I mean, think about think about him playing opposite of Logan Thomas, right? I mean, Logan Thomas is an absolutely giant individual. Actually, his measurables are, are very similar to to Cole Turner's. So, uh, I really I really like that pick, and and I think that'll just give whoever it is, and it'll be Carson Wentz to start the season, right? I mean, talked oh, about. Oh no way! Are we doing this already? No, no, no. Oh. I, I I I think because it opened up Mark- the door, though, Danny. I'm telling that's they gave you ammo. They did they give gave me ammo. ammo. They gave us all ammo. Trust me, when the junkies crack the mic on Monday morning and JP gets on and he starts talking about Sam Howell, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of people thinking that Sam Howell might be competing for the starting quarterback job here coming this fall. But I, I think that he's more of a a, a long term and again, I hate to use the term insurance solution because I I don't think that's what he is I think the commanders feel like he can be their franchise quarterback down the road probably just needs some more time to develop he's obviously going to kind of have to come in and and learn the commander's offense where where Carson Wentz has certainly got a head start even though it'll be his first season in DC coming up this fall as well it's hard to it's it's hard to imagine anybody but Wentz being the guy for the first few weeks of the season now Obviously, it was a rough end to, to the 2021-22 campaign for Wentz and, and the Indianapolis Colts. He didn't play particularly bad, but there were some decisions at the end of at the end of those games that you kind of scratch your head and, and some of the throws that he was missing. He was certainly uh, a, bi- a big part of why they didn't end up winning those games. But at the same time, they fell short as a team, and he was not the only person to be blamed for those shortcomings because th- their defense couldn't stop the Jacksonville Jaguars in, in the second to last game of the season. So uh, actually that was, that was the last game of the season. Saying the last game of the season was Las Vegas. So again, commanders add Cole Turner, the Nevada tight end, a big guy and someone that is going to be able to potentially help out Carson Wentz in the red zone. And we'll see as, if, if he could stretch the field because you put him out there with, I mean, I'm imagining Logan Thomas. Now you've got Terry McLaurin on on one side and and potentially Jahan Dotson making an impact. They've got other playmakers out there as well, and and you hope that Gibson and and McKissick take another step forward with uh, Brian Robinson Jr. being an addition there in the backfield to give them another added dimension. What do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of of the draft so far? 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. We don't have a ton of time here. I'm going to have to take a quick break probably in the next five or so minutes. And I want to make sure that we do give plenty of time to Chris Russell of the Team 980, co-host of uh, Russell and Medhurst weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m., we're going to talk to him in the next segment. Chris is at, at in Ashburn right now. He's he's over at uh, the park. So I'm interested to hear kind of what the atmosphere is like over there, what the mood is like, and, and obviously we're going to get his thoughts on this, the somewhat shocking news that the commanders select Sam Howell here in the fifth round, adding another quarterback to their roster. Now, Linnell, I believe you said that there was somebody on the line here. Who do we got, partner? That's my man, Toothpick. Good call, good call. Okay, cool. Toothpick, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, so uh, listen up. The the tight end, I mean, I understand you getting them on the on field the same time as Logan. Well, hopefully Logan comes back all is well with him. But that pick looks like a red zone package with another rookie 
uh, our running back Robinson. That that like would that. be some some serious beef on the line. You know, five linemen, two tight ends, one wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, and then Big Robinson in the background. I could see that for a third down usage. So I like what they did. As far as Sam Howell goes, I think that's a real quality pick uh, in the fifth round. Uh, you didn't reach. You traded back uh, your second, fourth round pick, and you picked up a quality future, you know, starting quarterback, backup quarterback, which, whatever you may have. But uh, as I think one of the other callers said something about us having another starter next year. Maybe, you know, Carson comes out, plays well, and uh, we'll have him for two years. Mm-hmm. before we turn it over to Sam Howell or whoever else we have to turn it over to. And if Sam Howell ain't it, we draft another quarterback next year until we find the right person. Thanks for taking my call, man. I appreciate it. All right, yeah, Big thank, Yeah, thank you, Toothpick. That's, that's good stuff right there. And and he makes a, several good points, actually, I think. Toothpick talking about how you put Cole Turner out there, the, the new tight end that the commanders just selected, put him out there in a heavier set with the new running back, Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama, talked about his ability to break tackles, Right, That is not going to be an easy unit to stop if they only need a yard or two, whether they're trying to get a first down or, or you stick them on the goal line. It's it's going to be tough to bring them down as well. And obviously a lot of discussion around what happens with Wentz. If you get a year or two out of him, great. And then you can now turn to Sam Howell that they've selected him. But Toothpick made a, a really good point. You, don't ha- you didn't have to move up to go and get Sam Howell. If anything, you traded down. And I, I just think that it, it kind of... This is exactly what the commanders wanted to do. They wanted to trade down so they could acquire more picks. And what this allowed them to do was really let the draft come to them. And when you're letting the draft come to you, you're addressing needs, but you're doing it based on who's available because there are so many needs <laughs> that you're just kind of trying to, to to plug the biggest holes, if you will. So that's good stuff. We've had some good calls today. I'm going to be able to take more, but I got to step aside. I got to take a quick break because coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Russell, co-host Russell Medhurst over on our sister station. And we're we're simulcasting today, the Team 980 weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. Stick around. We'll be right back with more on the fan and the team. Back here on 1067, the fan and the Team 980. Thanks so much for joining us on the 2022 NFL Draft Saturday. Glad you could be with us, whether you're on the AM or the FM dial, because we're on both today, the Odyssey app or on either of our streams, thefandc.com, theteam980.com. Well, we appreciate you for hanging out with us for just a little bit. I'm Danny Noakes with you up until 3.35 this afternoon. Our guy, Linnell Willingham, here producing as well. And right now, we're going over to the phones to welcome in our second guest of the day. Let's give a warm welcome to Chris Russell, co-host of Russell and Medhurst weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on the Team 980. You can follow him on Twitter, at Russellmania621. Rooster, things have really picked up there over the last hour or so, haven't they? Yeah, they have, Danny. How are you? Good afternoon. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sam Howell in the, uh, with the first pick of the fifth round. I mean, mm-hmm. look, you know, look, a lot, as I said with Pete yesterday on my show and Thursday, I, I would have had a major, major problem if they would have taken Sam Howell at number 47 overall in the second round. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had as big of a problem if they picked him in, say, in the third round, once they got that third round pick on Thursday night. Um, knowing that they still had two fourth-round picks and so on and so forth. Instead, you know, they use one of the fourth-round picks, then they dump out of the second fourth-round pick uh, to get two fifth-round picks, one at the very top of the fifth round, as a matter of fact, the number one pick in the fifth round. And taking Sam Howell, 
there, Danny, represents, to me, excellent value. I, you, you have to understand Washington Commanders fans, and this is going to be a really, really hard thing to preach. Sam Howell should not play this year. If he plays, things are a disaster. One way or the other, either Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke sucked, or one or both, or got injured, or what have you, Sam Howell is all about, or should be about, in my opinion, 2023, not 2022, Danny, but that means it's that's still okay. That's how good teams, and this team certainly is not a good team yet, has to layer their talent and has to, remember, Taylor Heineke's not under contract beyond this year as well, and neither is Carson Wentz, or Carson Wentz is under contract, but we all know, at least as of right now, there's an easy out. So Sam Howell could be, could be the starting quarterback in week one in 2023, but I think if he's the quarterback of any sort this year and on the field, that means things went really wrong. Yeah, and you bring up a lot of good points, ones that a lot of folks have been saying when it comes to this pick, the number one of which is value. And by the way, I should mention that the Rooster is live from Commanders HQ in Ashburn, boots on the ground there, covering the NFL draft for the Commanders. It does come as a little bit of a surprise, I think, Chris, but at the same time, I think this kind of it almost validates the commander's plan, which it appears they just wanted to trade down in a couple of spots where they could to acquire more picks and potentially put themselves in a position to do exactly what they just did. I I keep saying that you could use the term insurance policy with Sam Howe, but at the same time, it, it seems like they do believe that he could be their franchise quarterback down the line with proper development. Yeah, and, and I think that's certainly a possibility, although like, he, you go in the fifth round for a reason, right? Something doesn't like some, – somebody doesn't – enough people didn't like enough things about you. Uh, I think, to me, and I've said this for, I don't know, a month now or so, long before I knew Sam Howell was coming here, that he's more athlete than just sit in the, quarter, in, in the pocket, you know, uh, run around a little bit and just throw darts all over the place. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a deep arm. That doesn't mean he can't throw the deep ball. We saw that two years ago at Carolina with Diami Brown, who is, of course, on the commanders, right? So they already have that pre-relationship that a lot of people think, and and rightfully so, is important. I I know Sam uh, Howell can throw the pill. I I know that. But I still think, at least last year, he was more athlete than quarterback or more athlete than thrower. And part of that, as Pete has explained on my show, is that's because he had to because they lost all their weapons and he was running for his life. If people and Danny, you know this, you, you being you know Virginia Tech, yep. uh, remember that Friday night game in Blacksburg? He was running for his life. Yes. So, um, you know, look, is Sam Howell the perfect prospect? Of course not. Uh, is Sam Howell a surefire starter? Of course not. Does he have potential? Yes. Does he have a lot of things you like? Absolutely. Are you a little bit worried that what? He's six foot and change, right? Uh, am I remembering that right? I think he's six foot mm-hmm. and, you know, I think he's less than six one if memory serves me. Right. You know, do you worry about some? Of course. But that's why he goes in the fifth round. Again, to take him in the fifth round as opposed to the second round, which is where Albert Breer had been rumored them to take him, is an incredible difference in my opinion and my assessment I, I in my assessment i promise you if they took him in the second round at 47 overall last night 
I would be killing them and, and not as optimistic about this as I am right now sitting here outside the bubble. Chris Russell, co-host of Russell and Medhurst, weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on the Team 980 with us right now on The Horn. You can follow him on Twitter at Russellmania621. He's live from Commander's HQ there in Ashburn covering the 2022 NFL Draft. And, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Rooster. The Hokies, at least in their game against UNC, in the backfield pretty much every single play. And that was really a theme of their season for the Tar Heels. So you can kind of understand why his production yeah, dropped off. But – Chris, if I if I look at some of the other picks that they've made today, Percy Butler out of Louisiana, their fir- their fourth round pick, I actually thought they got good value out of him as well. A lot of folks saying he was the best pure free safety in the draft, and he fills a need there in the defensive backfield. What did you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and one of those people is Chris Sims, and some people like Chris Sims, some people don't. He could be completely off, but because of his speed, right? He's got the speed. Like Kyle Hamilton had everything but the speed. Well, he's got the speed. He may not have what Kyle Hamilton had, but he's got the speed to go sideline to sideline, single high center field safety, and help you cut down space and be Danny, that I call it a pencil eraser. I don't know what others call it, you know, but basically that single high center field safety, if you want to, you know, put eight in the box or if you want to use that Buffalo nickel or, or, or whatever you want to do, um, I think eventually he gives you the ability to do that. Not week one. Uh, I think for, you know, 2022, what you look at is him being a speed demon as a gunner on special teams. We talked to him right after his pick. That's what he likes to do. He's clearly got the speed. He's got the want to. He's got he, that. That's going to be his role. The question becomes: Is you know, does he eventually replace a guy like Derek Forrest in the safety rotation this year, and how soon? And then on top of that, you know, does a move like this? eventually push a guy like Troy Apke off the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Troy Apke was immediately resigned and commander fans hated it because they hate Troy Apke for, you know, reasons unknown. Just because he's a bad safety doesn't mean he's a bad player and he can't help you, Danny. You know that he's good on special teams and they desperately needed at the time because of the DeShazer Everett situation with knowing that DeShazer Everett wasn't coming back, they needed to bring him back. But now if, if this kid is as good as everybody thinks he is, especially on special teams early and certainly lights out fast, you know, maybe that pushes Apke off the bubble at the end of training camp. I don't think it would happen before then. We'll see. Or, God forbid, you know, they can actually be really good on special teams. Two of their first three picks today seem to give off the vibes of a lot of value. At least that's what some of the scouts, that's what some of the experts are saying here. And Chris, real quick, before I let you go, obviously the most recent pick for the Commanders, the tight end out of Nevada, Cole Turner, who's an absolute beast, at least in terms of his physical attributes. He's a big dude, kind of reminiscent Mm -hmm. of at least the way that he's built to Logan Thomas. So whoever's out there throwing the passes this year, and ideally for Commanders fans, it will be Carson Wentz all year long. But he definitely creates a a red zone threat for you and just a big target that'll be tough to miss. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he gives you insurance early on if and when Logan Thomas is not ready, right? I mean, if you think about it, because Samus Reyes only has one year of football in him, and I I would guess he's not a guarantee to make the roster, but 
you know, he probably does, but John Bates might be your starter to start the year if Logan Thomas is not ready or can't practice, you know, until September 1st or whatever the date would be uh, to get ready for the regular season. We'll have to wait and see how that develops. But now at least you've got more competition at that particular spot. I like your comp with Logan Thomas. And remember, they brought in a new tight ends coach. Pete Hanna retired. Uh, Juan Castillo, longtime assistant coach, uh, is the new tight ends coach. So I'm sure he wanted to put his stamp on the product. So I think Cole Turner, who they visited with just about two weeks ago when they were on their way to USC, they visited with him and Carson Strong, the Nevada quarterback. So they take Sam Howell. They don't take Carson Strong, and obviously they won't. Uh, but then they take Cole Turner, who, again, they had visited with just two weeks ago. So I think it represents some of his athleticism, some of his wingspan, uh, some of his uh, catch radius, you know, some of the buzzwords that you hear a lot of uh, is really, really, really impressive upon a first glance. I don't watch a lot of Nevada football. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I think I think it represents, again, good value. Now, the only question is, is, you know, did they did they make a little bit of a mistake by not taking the long corner from UTSA uh, Tariq Willen, who then went to the Seahawks just a couple of picks later, you know, they still need help at corner. Uh, you know, listen, we can play the game of, well, they should have taken this guy. They shouldn't have taken this guy. You know, I, I mean, listen, we can play that game for every team, every pick, you know, we just have to wait and see, of course, how it turns out. Hopefully with all of these picks that they've made or many of these picks that they've made being way above expectation rank, uh, way above what people projected, you know, hopefully they know what the hell they're doing, Danny, because if they don't, they're all getting fired. That's very true, and and only time will tell. As you also said, we just kind of have to wait and see what happens when these guys actually line them up and start playing between the lines when fall rolls around here in a few months. But, Chris, great insight, great analysis as always. Thank you so much for carving out a little bit of time for us. I'll let you get back to it. I know you are a very busy man today. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday in the NFL draft, my friend. We'll talk again soon. You got it. Thank you, Dan. appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's the Rooster, Chris Russell, co-host of Russell and Medhurst weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. over on the Team 980. And you can find him on Twitter, at RussellMania621. Great stuff from Chris. Love it. Good breakdown, too, of the draft so far. We've already really kind of beaten the, the, the horse to death here when it comes to the first three picks that the commanders made, that being Dotson, Mathis, and Brian Robinson Jr. Still, we can talk about it a little bit more. When we come back, we've got about two segments left where we can take some calls. So we'll do it in the next segment as well as to kick off the 3 o'clock hour. We are with you up until 3.35 leading right into Nationals and Giants pregame coverage. So stick around. You're listening to both 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. I've seen several people on Twitter. You heard it from Chris Russell, the rooster, in our most recent segment say... That if Carson Wentz is concerned with a fifth-round quarterback, then he isn't the guy anyway. And I think that's a fair assessment. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 2022 NFL Draft. It's Saturday. We're in the later half of the draft at this point, breaking things down. Danny Noakes with you up until 3.35 today. Linnell Willingham producing the show. Thanks so much to Chris Russell, the Rooster, for joining us in the last segment. With Rooster, we broke down... What the Commanders have been up to today. Percy Butler out of Louisiana, the fourth-round selection, and then here in the fifth, Sam Howell and Cole Turner. Sam Howell reuniting with De'Ami Brown. 
it'll be interesting to see how his career in D.C. shakes out because obviously the only way that he's getting on the field this season, at least you would think, is if things are not going very well, either you know Carson Wentz isn't playing well or, you know God forbid, he suffers another injury or something like that. We won't think negatively like that, however, because it's the NFL draft. Things are going really well. I know that there is still a lot to get to. I'm not actually going to have a ton of time to take calls here in this segment. We're going to go a little bit short to get us back on time there for the last 35 minutes of the show. So Cole Turner, the most recent pick, the commanders are going to have a couple of seventh round picks, not second round picks, seventh round picks. No, actually, I thought that Grant Paulson had some interesting thoughts about what the commanders have done so far. I'm going to read you a tweet from Grant. And obviously, GP, part of the Grant and Danny show here on 106.7 The Fan, you'll hear plenty of his thoughts coming up throughout the rest of the week, starting on Monday. But GP said this, quote, still two picks to go in the seventh round. My favorite pick so far, Cole Turner. Best value, Sam Howell. Best 2022 contributor, Dodson, but Robinson is a close second. He will run the ball more than you think. And then he finished it off by saying, biggest head scratcher, Mathis, end quote. So that's our own Grant Paulson tweeting his thoughts on what the commanders have done in this draft so far. His favorite pick, Turner, best value, Howell. The only word, really, that I've heard associated with Sam Howell at this point is value. Value, value, value. And you're going to hear that because... He was a guy, at the beginning of the college football season, he was a top 10, certainly a first-round pick. But as the season went along, he didn't put up the numbers that a lot of people thought that he might would, and it was expected because his team wasn't anywhere near as as good as it was the year before. He started to slide down the draft leaderboards. And so, still, a lot of folks thought the commanders might pick Howell in maybe the second round. And... If that were the case, you take him in the sec- the second round, then the commanders obviously don't take Fedarian Mathis, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. But Mathis, at least according to GP, is what he would consider the biggest head-scratcher. Now, when I saw that pick come through, my first thought was, oh wow, another Alabama defensive tackle. And my mind actually went to the notion that the commanders have actually been thinking about whether or not to trade Deron Payne before the start of this season, when in actuality, that is probably not going to happen. He's got one year left on his deal. Maybe you don't re-sign him, but really the draft pick of Fedarian Mathis is to shore up some of the depth there on the defensive line when you lost Tim Settle and you also lost Matt Ioannidis. Tim Settle, and maybe I do have a little, bit, a little bit of bias here because I did go to Virginia Tech and I watched him settle play a heck of a lot. Also, he is a Nova guy, uh, having gone to, to Stonewall Jackson High School. And Settle was a contributor that was maybe more under the radar, was disruptive when he would get in there, but not a starter when you've got guys like Al and Payne and Ioannidis constantly... Uh, getting out there and, and making plays, for lack of a, of a better term. But you let him go, and maybe that was it. We had one of our callers say that that was a bad decision. Actually, it was it was Big Doug, one of our guests, that, that said that he would have just gone ahead and re-signed Tim Settle, given him that $4 million, I think, that, that he was looking for. But it didn't happen. So they were going to need to get some depth there at the defensive tackle position, but he's only one of two defensive players that the commanders have taken. And 
most of their needs are on the offensive side of the ball. So that actually fits what we expected. Mathis, and then you had their first pick of the fourth round, the 113th overall pick, which was Percy Butler out of Louisiana. But he's another guy that is, at least in terms of where he was picked, he's getting a lot of positive grades based on the speed that he can play at which. And Chris Russell mentioned his speed. He ran a 4.3640, which, yes, was the top time at his position, at the safety position at the NFL scouting combine earlier this year. As, as Rooster also alluded to, a quote that I already gave earlier in the show, Chris Sims, talking about how Percy Butler may be the most pure free safety prospect in this year's draft. Kyle Hamilton, probably not the free safety, right? They, If the commanders would have drafted him at 11, would have more than likely used him at the Buffalo nickel spot, maybe playing a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage on a number of those in a number of those situations, but his speed much greater than that of, of Kyle Hamilton is Percy Butler's. So they wanted that on the, on the back half of their defense and they got it. But now still some needs at the cornerback position to address with two seventh round picks. We'll see if that that's what they end up doing. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. 35 more minutes to go. When we come back Two more segments, we'll take your calls next on one six, seven, the fan and the team nine eighty. Phone lines open this segment, 800-636-1067. Thanks so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. 2022 NFL Draft underway and steamrolling towards its conclusion. Danny Noakes with you up until 335. Two segments to go. Lanell Willingham here producing the show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. How do we feel about the Commander's Draft so far? Sam Howell, the headliner today. He goes in the fifth round to the Commanders. We've talked to a couple of different people about how they feel Sam Howell will fit into this franchise and what role he'll play and the expectations for him going forward. 800-636-1067. Feel free to give us your thoughts on the phone. You can also just send me a tweet at Danny Noakes, or you could tweet the station at 1067thefan or at team 980 as well, because we are not only broadcasting on 1067 The Fan today, we're also simulcasting on the Team 980. So it's a pretty cool day to be doing that with the NFL draft being in full swing. And, you know, the more I think about this Sam Howell decision to take him in the fifth round, the more I like it. And you're not really going to find anybody that doesn't like the pick right now, at least it, it, from a value standpoint, right? We keep going back to the V word, value, because it's all anybody is using to describe the pick. Howell was a guy that a lot of people wouldn't make it past maybe the second round because the commander's in need of a quarterback, at least from a long-term perspective. They have Carson Wentz. Whether or not he ends up being their long-term solution is certainly up in the air. He's got a big contract, but the commanders can get out of it after this season with little to no penalty. So Sam Howell coming in gives them some competition, right? He's a rookie that started three years at North Carolina. He played with De'Ami Brown, commander's wide receiver. So there are a lot of things to like here. His production dropped off this past season from the year before because a lot of his former teammates went on to play in the NFL. So I, I really like it. Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch actually recently just tweeted out a video of Sam Howe in his new commander's hat talking i'd imagine with the media about how he feels now that he's a member of the washington commanders and jp finley of 1067 the fan co-host of b mitch and finley on the fan 
also tweeting his thoughts about it as well, but both of them reiterating the fact that Sam Howell said that Washington was one of the teams that Howell hoped he would land at all along. And I'd imagine that's probably for one main reason, and that's he's going to have the chance to play early on in his career. Now, the ideal situation for the Commanders, we've talked about it, he wouldn't play this season because Carson Wentz is going to take you through the 2022-2023 season, and then it opens up more possibilities. Hal gets a year to develop, and you go from there, basically. But things could also go sideways, right? We have gone with some of the worst-case scenarios that could happen to the Commanders, to Carson Wentz, and that would be if there's an injury that comes in, and sometimes that happens. Carson Wentz has had those over his career. He missed some games, actually, due to COVID last season, and as much as we all want that to be in the rearview mirror, COVID testing is still going to be a thing here in the fall, and if you have it, you're probably not going to be able to play, although things have been relaxed a lot more, especially with vaccinations being handed out, so maybe that's not as big a factor if you're talking about missing games, but I just feel like Sam Howell gives you a security blanket almost, and and maybe that's a better term than insurance policy, like what we've been talking about before, because whether or not Carson Wentz works out, they'll be able to move on from him after the season, and then you can just reset the clock and attack the quarterback position however you'd like after this 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 upcoming season. They could have just waited and tried to get a quarterback in next year's draft, and hey, if neither of these things works out, you'd be amazed by what can change in 365 days in the National Football League. That could still happen, but I said this once already as well. You basically give yourself a second chance here, uh, an extra chance with Sam Howell to not miss on the quarterback, right? You're going to have two different options that you didn't have last have last year, and whether or not Howe would be an upgrade over Taylor Heineke is definitely something we could debate, and we won't know because Sam Howe won't have had any playing time until we lace him up come September, but you probably won't even see him in that position. But you wouldn't have said that about Taylor Heineke either. So depth, right? That's been another theme of what the commanders have been doing. They added depth to defensive tackle. They added depth at the running back position. And they've also addressed a couple of their needs, one of which being the safety position going and getting Percy Butler uh, before getting Sam Howell and seeing what he can do. Jahan Dotson, they're going to count on him, the first round pick for the wide, uh, the, the first round pick wide receiver. Hopefully he can make some game-breaking plays, but the Commanders are going to have a couple of seventh-round picks coming up. We'll probably be off the air for that, so we won't be able to break those picks down. But all things considered so far, I would give the Commanders grade probably... It, the letter B comes to mind. You know, I, 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 I think that they've done a good job at addressing most of their needs. These last two picks could go a long way in actually potentially making this grade go up. I, there might be some people that say C or, or even a D, right? Because you felt like they shouldn't have traded back when they when they did in the first round and ultimately took Dotson when they could have gotten Olave or Hamilton or, or even Jamison Williams out of Alabama. And then taking a defensive tackle in the second round, another move that a lot of people saw is head scratching. Uh, but I think as you've gotten into the latter half, rounds three, four, and specifically five, they, they've really started to kind of make some picks that 
kind of give you some some positivity, something to look forward to, some optimism. And again, Martin Mayhew talked about how the middle of the draft was where there was a lot of value anyway. And so it makes a ton of sense why they've really emphasized this part of the draft. Now, I haven't had pretty much any time to talk about anything else other than the NFL draft, but we do have Nationals pregame coverage coming up at 335 with Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler on 106.7 The Fan. You also had the Washington Capitals finish up their regular season last night, dropping their season finale 3-2 to to the New York Rangers. Before we get into that, though, if you've got thoughts on the NFL draft, you want to give us any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, on the NFL draft, what the commanders have done, feel free to hit us up, 800-636-1067. We've had a few folks call in already. But I wanted to at least get this in here because the Caps are about to start their Stanley Cup playoff run. And 1-2 and two against the Rangers this season after the loss to New York last night. Won the first matchup all the way back in October, but then lost in February and, and then, of course, dropped the season finale. Dryden Hunt scoring that go-ahead goal, breaking the 2-2 tie just over 13 minutes to go. Ovechkin didn't play, and it's the third consecutive game he's missed since going out into the boards, getting hurt, shootout, less uh, in the loss to the Maple Leafs on Sunday night. We speculated, I was on the air on Monday night during the overtime show, that he likely would not play the rest of the regular season out of an abundance of caution. And that was our prediction. It turned out to be true. Why risk it, though, when when he's the guy that you're absolutely going to need in the playoffs? You're not going anywhere without Ovi. No real... They had clinched a playoff spot. There was some positioning that was ultimately decided last night, but you need Ovi as healthy as he could possibly be when you start the playoffs. And by the way, he still finishes the season with 50 goals for the ninth time in his career. 90 overall points in his 17th NHL season at the age of 36. That's pretty darn impressive. And by the way, Ovi last night, you could see him getting into it with the crowd at Madison Square Garden. I'm not sure who started it. My guess is it was probably the Rangers fans, but I can't say that for sure. It looked like they were actually having a little playful back and forth. Ovi was kind of egging them on, making some gestures. No obscene gestures, just, you know, kind of trying to get them into it. It was actually pretty funny. That video is out there on Twitter somewhere if you want to check that out. But uh, some more silver lining, if that's your thing. The Caps reached the 100-point mark for the sixth time in the last eight seasons. They're the only team in the NHL to have that many 100-point seasons over that time span. They secured their eighth straight playoff berth as well, a streak second only to the Pittsburgh Penguins who have done that, making the postseason 16 consecutive seasons so the caps go into the playoffs with a couple of goalies that hit 20 goals or uh, 20 wins rather this season as well Ilya Samsonov with 23 Vitek Vanacek had 20 it's only the second time in franchise history that the caps have had two goaltenders hit 20 wins in the same season and the previous time was with Al Jensen and Pat Reagan all the way back in 1983 1984 so whoever's in net they should have a pretty good chance But the loss means that the Pens are going to get the three seed and they're going to play the same New York Rangers in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Caps could have moved up a bit with a win and some help, but doesn't ultimately happen. It means that the Capitals' first-round matchup is now the Florida Panthers. And yeah, the Panthers this year, the President's Cup winners. They had the best record in the NHL. So game one of that first-round series... For the Caps, Tuesday night at 7.30, you got the national broadcast on ESPN2. You'll have John Walton, the voice of the Capitals, here on the radio. And then you'll have Joe B. and Locker 
over on NBC Sports Washington. Game down in Florida. The Panthers are 34-7 and at home this year. That's a very good record. The Caps 25-10-6 on the road heading into the postseason. A lot of times you could have said that the Caps look better on the road throughout this season. So that doesn't necessarily scare me, but Panthers obviously a very hot team. President's Cup trophy winners this year. We'll see if they get Ovechkin back for game one. Got to think with him sitting out the last three consecutive games, this is exactly what they were saving him for. The playoff run, Stanley Cup playoffs just about to start for the Caps. It's on Tuesday night at 7.30. All right, we got one segment left. We'll step aside, we'll take a quick break, and we'll wrap everything up. Tie a nice bow on the show. Stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Wrapping up the show here on Saturday, April 30th, 2022. Danny Noakes with you up until 3.30 p.m. That's when we hand it off to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler for a little Washington Nationals pregame coverage. First pitch from the Bay Area, Oracle Park, San Francisco, coming your way at 4.05 it's been a great show today. Lots of NFL draft talk, pretty much entirely NFL draft talk. Linnell Willingham here producing the show. I wanted to make sure that we also took a look at the other side of this Sam Howell decision. The commanders taking him in the fifth round. A lot of people, because it was in the fifth round, because it wasn't as far back, they liked the pick. They didn't have to spend too much. Robert is sending me a couple of tweets here. He actually has some decent points on why this might not have been the best decision. So Robert saying, quote, I hate the value word, which is funny because that's the only word that people have been using to talk about this pick so far. But he continues, quote, how much value will he be if Wentz plays at a Pro Bowl level and signs a new three-year $100 million contract? Then he's a third-string player behind Taylor Heineke until his contract is up and he leaves as a free agent. And then he asks, Quote, name me 10 quarterbacks drafted in the fifth round or later who became a pro bowler or pro bowler caliber quarterback over the last 30 years. It's rare. Career backup most likely, and if the season goes sideways, we go 7-10, and 10, they'll be looking to draft a quarterback in the first round, end quote. And Robert's referring to next year when, yes, we did point out the fact that if things go the worst case scenario, absolutely as terrible as they possibly could, Wentz doesn't work out and how it doesn't work out, then yeah, you're pretty much right back where you started. But so I think what the commanders are doing here is they're giving themselves as many opportunities as they possibly can on the front end. It's, I, you know, you can debate the line of thinking on that. That's up to them. That was their decision. That's clearly how they feel the best way to move forward with the franchise going. So, what happens? We're just not going to see. But that is a—it's a valid point. That would be the con of taking Sam Howell here in the fifth round when you've already got someone like Carson Wentz, who again is going to be lined up to start this season and is going to have to lose his job or get injured. Right? Neither of which is a good thing to happen. But that is the only way that you're likely going to see Sam Howell this season, and that would not be an ideal situation to throw him out there because. Somebody said earlier in the show, he went in the fifth round for a reason. There are other teams that passed up on him for a reason. And and you could say that about any of the other quarterbacks as well. Because Kenny Pickett was the only one that went in the first round. He obviously, of the Pittsburgh Panthers, is now going to be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a fascinating quarterback draft. But everybody knew that it wasn't as strong a class as what you're going to see next year. So, with that in mind... Should the Commanders just have waited and drafted a quarterback in next year's draft and and not even worried about Howell and just let Taylor Heineke back up Carson Wentz? 
there's a, definitely a valid argument to that, and that's that's definitely part of what I think our, our guy Robert here is saying. So appreciate the tweets there. Great calls from everybody as well. Before we get ready to send it over to San Francisco Giants and Nationals, which is coming up at 4.05, pregame coverage at 3.35, I, I want to give a quick shout-out to my uncle, my uncle Frank Salzano, because today it's the NFL draft, final four rounds, right? Four, five, six, and seven, but it's also the Hogs for Hokies, if you will. Hogs for Hokies is a charity motorcycle ride that my uncle started after the tragedy that took place on campus in April of 2007, April 16th, 2007. So we just hit the 15 year mark on that uh, anniversary. And what they're doing today, Hogs for Hokies raises money for the 32 Memorial Endowment Scholarship Fund. 32 people perished, obviously, on April 16, 2007. They established a scholarship in each of their names. And so this money, every single cent of it, the proceeds all go towards that scholarship. And my uncle's been doing this now for about 15 years. And Hogs for Hokies is a really cool event where he starts up in Northern Virginia, as when I have done the ride, that's where I did too. That's where we are from. But the ride actually starts out of Richmond and the 757 as well, all throughout the state. And basically, they all drive down to Blacksburg today, and they meet at the memorial in front of Burris Hall, which is on campus there at Virginia Tech, and they have a moment of silence, and they remember the, the 32 victims of that day. And it's a, it's a camaraderie-filled motorcycle ride all day long, four or five hours, however long it takes to get down there. It just kind of depends because some, t some years the ride is larger than others depending on the weather. But they're out there today. We're praying for them, making sure they're staying safe, getting to their destination, and it's a really great cause. So if any motorcycle riders are out there, and you don't even have to be a, 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 a motorcycle rider, actually. You can just follow in your car if you'd like, or you can just make a donation if you don't if you aren't able to participate either, and that would be at hogsforhokies.org. So that's a, a pretty cool thing that we got going on there. We probably have an, uh, a couple of minutes here to take some more calls if we want to get any last-second thoughts. Say that again for me, Linnell. Who do we have on the line? We do have a caller here that we're going to get to in just a second. So 800-636-1067. Did you say Pete or PJ? PJ in Reston. Okay, I wanted to make sure I heard that right. PJ is in Reston. He's calling the show. Appreciate you calling in, PJ. What's going on? Hey, happy day to you. Yeah, I save everybody a lot of trouble. I go by PJ because I got a long first and like Persian name. So I'm like, <laughs> let me just make it easy on everybody, PJ. First of all, I was going to talk about, I want to talk about the draft, right? But yeah. I also, I want to give a, I, I'm in, your uncle that's doing this amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm fascinated and inspired by people like that. You know, I've never met your uncle. I just literally heard about it with what you said right now. But uh, the older I get, um, people like that are really what makes this earth go around because he's an adult. He's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. But people that kind of go above and beyond, like, you know, like the bare minimums of helping other people when they're not getting, like, some kind of automatic thing back for themselves, mm -hmm. we don't have enough of that in the world. So I bet your uncle, as you've known him as you've grown up, I bet he's done things like this before, and I bet he's been an inspiration, and he's continued to be. So much respect for that, man. And, Thank um, you. Getting to, oh, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. I love it. This is like pumping me up. Like now I'm about to walk into the gym here and like exercise. But, yeah, yeah so getting to the, to the draft and everything, um, I think we did well with Jahan Dotson. I think mm -hmm. he's every bit the player that like Chris Olave is. Maybe he's not quite as good as Jameson Williams, but, you know, like we'll, we'll see. 
But what they're saying about Jahan Dotson, well, my last name is also Jahan in this, so there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, it's kind of cool hearing the Jahan thing, which means world in Farsi, by the way. I'm sure everyone was dying to know that. But anyways, uh, my last name actually means philosopher of the world, but I'm not that arrogant. But Jahan Dotson, they're saying that he's got the best hands in the draft. I think he's like a 4-3-8-40, so we might have got ourselves another uh, Santana Moss. I like the running back pick because Antonio Gibson is a stud, but you know, he gets hurt a little bit, and in this day and age in the NFL, the smart teams platoon running back. So you got McKissick catching the ball, and you platoon Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. It's very intelligent. I love the Sam Howell pick because even if we pick a quarterback next year, that's okay. It's shocking when I'm hearing people, like, criticizing. You got a second- or third-round talent that fell to you at number five. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, arm strength. He throws a deep ball really good. You know, like, and if the worst-case scenario that Carson Wentz plays all the games, doesn't get hurt, and has a great year, that's a good kind of problem to have. It, that's not a bad thing. So that I wouldn't consider that a wasted pick, you know. And um, the only uh, thing that I would try to do is these two seventh-rounders they have, uh, if they could flip that for a fifth-rounder, I would do that. I don't know if a team would give up a fifth-rounder for that. But I think it's a good draft. And my last thing to sneak in there is that What's funny is when you look at social media and you look at the comments people say, okay, people can chime in on the first couple rounds of the draft, right? But it's funny when it's like a fifth and a sixth or a fourth or seventh round that people are like, should have taken this person, but should have taken that person. If you actually start looking at it, what it is is they're only saying that the players that they're familiar with are should have been taken. It could be somebody that watches ACC football that knows about other ACC teams or somebody that watches Big Ten. So they're like, oh, because I've seen this guy going against my team in the Big Ten, it's good. They're not thinking that these coaches and scouts and everything are scouting like the whole country, which I always find it's funny when somebody's like, oh, you should have taken this guy in the sixth round. It's like, really? You know, how do you know? But, yeah, uh, you guys rock, and I hope everybody has a beautiful day. Thank you, PJ. Great call, man. Have a great workout. Have a great rest of your week, and we appreciate you tuning in. That's PJ in Reston with a lot of awesome analysis, a lot of uh, optimism around the commander's draft. He likes the Dotson pick. He liked the Brian Robinson Jr. pick, the running back out of Alabama coming to D.C. from the third round, as well as Sam Howell being the fifth round pick. Uh, See, whether or not the quarterback situation, the way it is set up right now, Wentz, Howell works out for the commanders, they can get out of it not relatively easily at least the Carson Wentz side of it relatively easily but if they are in this position again next year it certainly will be an incredible disappointment don't get me wrong I'm not trying to just glaze over that but at the same time they could be in a in a much worse position here now that they've given themselves a couple of chances to hit but that's just about going to do it for us guys I want to first send a major thank you to my producer Linnell Willingham today who was absolutely fantastic we worked through some technical issues back at the very beginning of the show he took care of them for me I really appreciate you buddy you're the man and hey Linnell you got a show tomorrow on 106.7 The Fan right? Yes, I do. Solo debut, 12 to 1. If you're listening right now, listen then. Check me out. We'll recap the two seventh-round picks. And we'll have Logan Paulson join me 1230 to give, a, give some draft grades out. So yes, be sir. Good time. Yes, sir. I love it. That's my boy, Linnell Willingham. He's producing today. He's hosting tomorrow, 12 to 1, right back here, 106.7 The Fan. And as you heard, he'll be joined by former... Washington tight end Logan Paulson. Really great stuff. Thanks to both of my guests today as well. Big Doug at the Big Douglas Show and also Chris Russell, the rooster, co-host of Russell and Medhurst weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on the Team 980. 
Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. I will talk to you all again soon. We're now going to send it over to Oracle Park over in San Francisco as the Giants host the Washington Nationals. Pre-game coverage with Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler starts right now. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and be well. I'm out of here. Deuces.